It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. T-Wolves go toe-to-toe with the NBA's best in Boston tonight, but come up short in overtime. Don't worry, though. I got Wolves expert Jack Borman. He's going to help us break it all down. It's all coming up next on the Locked On Wolves Postcast. You are Locked On Wolves Postcast, part of Locked On Minnesota on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's up? What's up? Back in the lab, back at it. Another T-Wolves postcast episode right here on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota Network. You got myself, Luke Inman, at Luke underscore Spinman. That's the man, Jack Borman, on Twitter, at JRBorman13. And before we get into all the action, quick reminder, tonight's episode brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more with America's number one sportsbook and official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Right now, new customers, you're getting $150 in bonus bets with any $5 bet. $150 when you bet just five. Check it out and visit FanDuel.com slash NBA. All right, man, let's jump right into it. We got a lot to cover from this one. I'll tell you what. I mean, here's the A topic going in. Wolves had all the excuses in the world tonight, right? Back end of a back-to-back. No Conley. No Rudy Gobert. Their friggin' plane flew into Boston late this morning instead of late last night due to some nasty weather. So here you go. You got all the excuses you can handle. Uh, Ten and a half point underdogs. And yet they still go toe-to-toe with the NBA's best, push this one to overtime in a place, by the way, that's shown to be, I mean, virtually impossible to win at this season. Celtics, a perfect 7-0 at the Garden heading into tonight. But Jack, what's the front page read tomorrow morning after that tough yet gutsy showing in tonight's 127-120 loss to the Celtics? Yeah, I I think it just shows, oh my goodness, tough start for me here. Um, Yeah, I just think it shows that, uh, you know, this, this Timberwolves team, uh, you know, gave you every, every reason why everyone is so high on them this season in that fourth quarter, um, you know, when they kind of took hold of the game there. And just that, you know, this is a team that is just going to fight like their lives depend on it. Uh, they play really connected, inspired basketball, um, you know, late in games, especially on the defensive end of the floor. And it feels like every night there's just a new, uh, just a new contributor that pops up and uh, is is totally integral in in why the game is either as close as it is, if it's a tough night, uh, why they ultimately win the game, or, or why the game was, um, you know, as, as good as it was. And, and you saw that tonight. I mean, Nikhil Alexander-Walker in that fourth quarter um, had 10 of his 15 points in the fourth quarter, uh, made all four of his shots, three rebounds, two assists, a steal. Um, and, he, and he was having a tough night. Uh, before that quarter and then out of nowhere just steps up and that's just the fabric of this team Um, there is zero this is just for me personally like I'm generally an optimist but I I think I've been fair uh, and and critical when it calls for it but but you won't get a whole lot of criticism out of me for this game tonight I I think that the Timberwolves played as well as they possibly could have considering the circumstances and um, you know when you you think about guys like uh Carl Anthony Towns, 44 minutes. Anthony Edwards, 46 minutes. Nikhil Alexander-Walker, 40 minutes. Kyle Anderson, 39 minutes. Like, on the heels of playing last night, the the travel issues, all of it, the Celtics only being down Porzingis, like, you're just not going to 
get a whole lot of gripes out of me um, from this game. I was just really pleased with the way that this team fought. Um, that should be, uh, I think, what everybody remembers and takes away from this game. Um, and it's just been a treat to watch these two teams go at it uh, in these two overtime games that we've had uh, back in Minneapolis in November and now in uh, in Boston tonight. Just really special uh, fight and back and forth from, from both of these teams. Uh, you can make a case, the two best games of the season. You can make a case. Yes, there's other competitors in there, but you can make a case. Certainly the, the best, best like, two-game yeah. series of any two teams, for sure. 100%. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, let's dive a little bit more into it. Hey, got to play 48 minutes. Wolves played as great as you can ask, man. 43, 44 minutes. But those last couple minutes started to fall apart in some ways. Got to give credit to Tatum and the Celtics. Give credit where credit's due. I get that. It was 106.97, though, with, what, three and a half, four minutes to play? And again, 335. Okay, 335. Thank you. Uh, and again, credit to the Celtics. I get it. They just made more plays than the Wolves at the end, made those shots. I think between this one and the Mavs game, Wolves maybe shaking their head after letting a few big ones slip away in the closing moments. And, and you know, you just mentioned it, you know, it's something new every night for good, maybe sometimes for bad. But what did frustrate you the most about the way this one ended, whether it was regulation or an overtime? And I guess any common themes between tonight and the way that Mavs game ended last week? For me personally, it's like, okay, I know you want to be aggressive. Jaden following out, within the first 60 seconds of OT, that was kind of tough to swallow. But I would love your two cents on how things unfolded at the end. Like, what's what's the biggest self-inflicted wound, maybe, that's going to keep you up tonight? Uh, I think it was certainly that. Um, you know, I, I will personally uh, sleep like a baby tonight, I hope, knock on wood. Good. Uh, Good. But, <laughs> uh, but it was certainly that play from Jaden McDaniels. I mean, the Timberwolves just didn't really have anyone else uh, that, that was super capable of uh, – of making life difficult for Jason Tatum. Um, I think Kyle Anderson has, has certainly bailed out Jade McDaniel several times this season, um, but it's a tough ask, you know, second night of a back-to-back -back, he's played way increased minutes tonight. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, that, that self-inflicted wound, I guess was, was the most frustrating one for sure, considering that that also fouled him out and then gave the Celtics a free point plus possession. Um and not just not great and totally not needed. Um, and and Jaden now has had a, a repeated pattern of not understanding how valuable he is to the team by making these really just frankly immature and inexperienced um, decisions uh, over and over and over game in, in tight and close games. Uh, it feels like they haven't had him more than they've had him, which is just a bummer. Um, but yeah, it's some common themes between tonight and, and Dallas for sure. Just the fact that um, you know, Boston switched. They they switched a ton, uh, one through five. Uh, they played a, a really funky matchup zone um, that the Timberwolves seemingly figured out in the second and third quarters um, with much better ball movement and player movement. Um, I thought that they did a much better job of, of setting screens off the ball for players. Um, more guys were screening. They did a much better job of cutting. Um, and they only had nine turnovers tonight in, in overtime with an extra five minutes included against, you know, one of the probably the best defense that isn't the Timberwolves in the league so far this season. Um, and the fact that they just really reverted and got away from that and reverted to a lot of isolation basketball and um, in the fourth late in the fourth quarter and overtime, I think that um, this is one of those games that shows you that Anthony Edwards, uh, for, for as incredible as he is un unquestionably, um, there, there is a reason why he is not quite in that, that tier one, or maybe even tier two, uh, of NBA stars right now. And it's because of, uh, what you saw in the fourth quarter. I think he had 
you know, two, two, two bad turnovers uh, in that fourth quarter, or excuse me, one bad turnover in that fourth quarter. And then I think he had two more um, in, in overtime that were both just killers. And um, you know, all three of those turnovers um, I believe resulted in points the other way for Boston in really big moments. And so um, you've just got to find a way to, to not get caught up in the air before you're making passes like that. Um, and you've got a co-star, man. Like I, I'm sure mm-hmm. Andrew used to not playing with Carl Anthony Towns because he had to do almost everything himself last year. Um, but you've got Carl Anthony Towns, man. And Carl Anthony Towns was creating shots for himself. Uh, I, I think easier than Ant was for most of the night. And the fact that he didn't get a shot in the fourth quarter um, was unfortunate. And, and the only reason the Timberwolves didn't lose by, by 10, 12, 15 points in overtime was because Carl Anthony Towns scored the first six um you know right out of the gates with that and one and then that that big three-pointer so um just some some things for ant and Jaden to learn um and, and yeah i just it was a lot of immaturity and inexperience i guess in some of these you know really big crunch time games from from the timberwolves in terms of their decision making on both ends of the floor when you know you also consider you know what Nas Reed did coming up to foul jason tatum when they're in the mm-hmm. bone two free points again to tie the game and just kind of felt like every single time the Timberwolves grabbed any momentum in late in the fourth quarter and overtime, they just gave it away. And, and that was, uh, that was really unfortunate. Uh, the monster in the comments section saying they really miss Conley at the end. Uh, obviously I think that's fair. I think in any close game that you lose, probably going to be able to say that. I'm just curious, how much different do you think this one looks tonight? If Conley or Rudy played tonight? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to know because, like, Nikhil Alexander-Walker probably wouldn't have been on the floor in the fourth right, quarter. Um, right. He was a huge reason why the Wolves built that nine-point lead to begin with. Um, and he certainly, you know, he had that dumb offensive foul where he just rammed into Derek White for no reason. But outside of that, like, he was an overwhelming positive in the fourth quarter. And, like, mm-hmm. that's who Mike would be playing over. So, um you could say that, yeah. I, I think that he for sure would have helped when the offense got awry a little bit late in the fourth quarter, um, and they could have, you know, put the ball in his hands more. But um, you know, hey, I mean, if you're Chris Finch, if you're Carl, like Chris Finch had timeouts. Carl Anthony Towns could have just said, "Hey, man, like let's let's try something different." Uh, they they put the ball in Kyle Anderson's hands late in games a ton last year, even when Mike Conley got here. Um, and they opted not to do that and just kept it in Ant's hands the whole time. And, um, and the results were not great after Ant was, was really tremendous for a, for a stretch there in the fourth quarter, but, um, tough to, tough to not have Mike, but, um, sure. in the macro, yeah. like, yeah, I, I don't think it's fair to, to put that on Mike or, or be frustrated that Mike didn't play tonight. Uh, I think it is incredible that it has taken Mike Conley 36 games before, uh, missing a game. Yeah, uh, it's all, all credit to him and the way he takes care of him. Takes yeah, care well of said, for sure. And again, you don't know. I mean, absolutely, you don't know. And again, to your to your point, not played uh, really good towards the end of this game as well. Uh, but yeah, tough pill to swallow for sure, knowing, hey, this one was right in your hands. You went blow for blow uh, with the NBA's absolute best and an absolute slugfest. Again, another ESPN classic between these two teams. I kind of want to dive into the games within the game here for a few minutes. Again, Try to find some positives here. Not a game the Wolves were even supposed to be a part of. Uh, I thought the paint play really stood out to me, at least early on through the first, you know, three, three and a half quarters or so. How in the world did the Wolves manage to win in the paint for most of this one without Rudy Gobert and deliver, I mean, really for the most of the game, great defense down low all night. What'd you see there? 
Yeah, I was really pleased with the way the Timberwolves defensive rotated all night long. Um, I mean, you, you look at you saw that possession with, I want to say, about two minutes left in, in overtime where they just made or two minutes left in regulation, I believe. Or, yeah, it was two minutes left in overtime where they just made all these crazy rotations and enforced all these extra passes. And, and that really was uh, indicative of the way that they played for, for the majority of the night. Um, I thought that the way that they um, forced the Celtics into taking mid-range shots and preventing them from getting all the way to the rim was huge. The Celtics shot nine of 28. Um, that's about 32% uh, on mid-range shots tonight. And that was about a third of their shot diet. They shot more uh, mid-range shots than they shot at the rim, uh, which was really important. Uh, and the Timberwolves contested every single shot seemingly that was, you know, in that short mid-range or at the rim area. Um, Nas Reed, Carl Anthony Towns, Kyle Anderson, McDaniels, Ant even uh, were all tremendous in their work in, in doing that. And then um, and then on the other end of the floor, I, I was really pleased with the way that the, the Timberwolves didn't really get shell-shocked by the, the Celtics making all these threes early in the game. Um, the Celtics, I believe, started six of ten from three. Um, and, and they just really kept it going. They, they didn't make a lot of threes in the, in the second quarter, but that third quarter, fourth quarter, overtime, um, they were hitting. And, uh, and the Timberwolves just didn't really let it deter them from attacking the paint and getting inside and playing the way that they want to play. And it's just been refreshing to watch that all season long, I think, that they just grind you down and keep grinding and keep grinding and um, you know, just kind of banging away with that pickaxe down in the mine and, um, and end up – you know, profiting um, over the course of the game. And, and that was exactly what happened. And then too, when they contested shots, they, they rebounded phenomenally well. I think they had only allowed four offensive rebounds all game before they allowed that Drew Holiday offensive rebound on the free throw in regulation mm -hmm. that ended up resulting in that, or was it Derek White, one of the two guys that ended up resulting in the Drew Holiday go ahead three. So, um, you know, I think all those areas were were much improved for the Timberwolves tonight. And I thought just their activity in general, especially on the defensive interior was really strong. And how, again, how much of that is those guys know that Rudy's not there. So they kind of kick it up a notch, um, you know, versus something that, that you'll continue to see once Rudy returns, obviously we don't know, but um, nonetheless, still really good to see them, you know, pick up the slack even in, in his absence. Yeah, a lot of positives to take away from this one for sure, despite the loss in overtime. Plenty more deep dive from this one right after a quick word from BetterHelp. What are some things you want to keep the same about yourself or about your life in 2024? Where are you already crushing it? Start thinking the opposite of new year, new you, and try ditching all the new year's resolutions and start expanding on what you already do right. Maybe that's organizing the closet or the garage. I know that's something that I always struggle with. Maybe you take those daily vitamins and stay healthy during the new year, and now you're looking to take it to the next step. Well, therapy can help you find your best strengths and maximize your own specific skill set so you can finally ditch the extreme resolutions. Instead, therapy can help you make the changes that really stick over the long term once and for all. If you've been thinking about starting therapy, give Better Health a try. It's entirely online and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited for your time frame. And it's so easy. All you got to do, fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched up with a licensed therapist. And you can switch therapists at any time at no additional charge. It's time to start celebrating the progress you've already made. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on NBA to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash locked on NBA.
All right, let's pick back up here. I, I think another major key in this one, uh, the turnovers, man. Super low game in that department for both teams. 16 in the game total, eight from each team. That's something I know. It's been a major thorn in the Wolves' side the last month or so, not taking care of the ball. Finch has talked about that a lot the past few weeks specifically. Uh, talk to me about what you saw in that department, maybe how it correlated to some rhythm versus that switching zone defense as well. Yeah, for sure. I, I think that, you know, the, the, the Celtics, like I said, they play a really, really unique style of defense where they just confuse the heck out of opposing offenses. They, they line up in kind of a matchup zone and then play and then just kind of switch to man to man fluidly out of it. And they communicate really well. Um, so it's really tough for kind of opposing offenses to understand, all right, is this a man concept? Is this a zone concept? And, and you know, kind of how do I space the floor? Where do I go when I don't have the ball? All those things are a little bit different um, depending on the type of defense the opponent is playing. And, um, and and I thought the Timberwolves obviously started slow. Um, they were pretty stagnant offensively while they were figuring that out. They kind of found a rhythm and then, and then went away from it. But um, the most important thing was regardless of the defense that was played, I thought the majority of the night they did a really good job spacing the floor. Um, and that'll certainly help when, you know, you aren't playing, uh, you know, two seven footers together um, or, you know, you're not playing Kyle Anderson and Rudy Gobert on the floor at the same time. Um, and the, and the big difference I thought was that with how spaced out the floor was uh, the Timberwolves were able to get all the way to the rim for the most part. Um, and when you're able to get all the way to the rim versus having to stop in the mid range, uh, not only is it easier to shoot, you know, get a shot off at the rim rather than turning it over, but it's also kind of easier to create passing lanes for yourself uh, in terms of, uh, once you get all the way to the rim or to the baseline, there's just less defenders that you have to contend with. Whereas if you stop short in the mid range, you know, the, the, you know, all five guys on the floor can kind of collapse and sag in and, and your passing lanes that you have available to you just aren't necessarily there as much as there when you get all the way to the baseline. Um, and so I thought the spacing as a result of the ball and player movement, um, even though they, they didn't assist or have assists at a super high rate, I think only half of their baskets tonight were assisted. Yeah. 22 of, of 44 midfield goals. Um, I still thought their, their kind of kinetic energy offensively, uh, both ball and player movement was better. Um, and, and so I think that that's something that they can certainly, you know, try to take with them, you know, as they play another team that's going to switch a ton in, in the Clippers on Saturday. Um, but, but again, you're going to have Rudy Gobert, you're going to have Mike Conley back for those games. And so, um, those guys obviously, you know, are a little bit different in terms of, well, I should say Rudy specifically is a little bit different in terms of, uh, how the spacing is when he's out there. And so I think that might've been, um, something that was more unique to tonight without him playing. Um, but again, uh, even when he's off the floor and you get you know, five out lineups with Carl and Kyle and Nas Reed and, um, Nikhil and, uh, you know, and some of those guys, uh, I still think that it's uh, something that you can look, you know, kind of pull from this game as a positive and try to carry with you, um, at least in those more five out settings, if you will. Yeah, 100 percent. No, that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, I know a lot's been made about the Wolves bench this year. In fact, we touched on the trade deadline a bit last night, which is about four, four and a half weeks away. Maybe they'll be active in that department. In fact, I know you guys did a deep dive on possible trade scenarios on today's basketball party episode. So make sure to go check out that episode if you haven't already. But in a game without Rudy and Mike, you knew everyone else, if they were going to have a shot in this one, again, 10 and a half point underdogs, if they were going to have a shot, everybody else was going to have to elevate their play, step into a bigger role tonight, so to speak. And you can make a case as good as Ant and Cat were in this one. Nas Reed 
slow-mo, let me say that again, slow-mo, and nah, I mean, just monster parts of this team's ability to make this one as close as it was. If I were to tell you those three put up 51 points combined tonight, you'd think I was nuts. So what'd you think of the way those guys stepped up tonight? Yeah, I thought I thought it was uh, you know really admirable, especially the way that Kyle Anderson played. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think that uh, I, in part, I think Wolves fans are so uh, you know kind of taken aback and shell shocked and surprised at how good this team has been this year that that they're like almost searching for things to be frustrated about or things are going so well that when you know one player isn't playing his best or isn't playing the exact same way he was playing last season. Um, it, it just sticks out to them and they, and they keep harping on it and complaining about it. Uh, I've, I've seen a ton of complaining about Kyle Anderson and, and for the record, I, I'm a lot more pro Kyle Anderson than most people. Uh, I, I don't think most people that are watching these games understand how valuable he is defensively. Like, I think you could make an argument that he has been better than Jaden McDaniels defensively this season. Uh, he has bailed out Jaden McDaniels a ton on the defensive end of the floor. Like when Jaden would get in foul trouble last year, two years ago, the Wolves really struggled to stop anybody, and that has not been the case this season when Jaden's been out uh, and when Jaden's gotten in foul trouble. I mean, a lot of the times it's been Kyle Anderson, especially on bigger, more physical guys who has stepped up and and played you know, really good defense. But but they've got to give him his flowers nights like tonight where, you know, season-high 17 points, eight rebounds, which is second best this season, five assists, a block, a steal, and zero turnovers in 39 minutes. Like, could, could it be made – couple more shots, you know, on these little floaters or, or maybe pass out instead of taking some contested floaters. Sure. But um, I thought largely he was incredible, made a ton of contested rebounds tonight, uh, moved the ball really, really well and, and provided some really important scoring in that fourth quarter when they were just going shot for shot with the Celtics. He made some crazy acrobatic layups that that kind of helped stem the tide and uh, and kept the Wolves in front. And then um and yeah, that's a, that's a great point too. In the middle of the zone, um, he's been he's been the antidote for that. But um, the Celtics are again a team that you're not really able to use the middle of the zone with how they'll switch out of it and uh, and, and have that guy that's you know at the bottom of the two three kind of step up to the free throw line and then play man from there. It's usually Drew Holiday, but uh, Nas Reed second straight double double um, hadn't had one before last night. Has two in 24 hours, um, and then added three assists and three blocks to go along with it. Um, you know what? I mean, the way that he's able to scale his game up and down based on what the game plan calls for uh, is awesome. I thought the way he moved his feet when he was playing the three, because uh, when he plays with Carl and he plays with uh, Kyle Anderson, he's generally guarding the the three or the small forward. And the way that he moved, there was a possession where he stayed with Drew Holiday on the drive and blocked his shot uh, was just incredible. Um and again, for him to play 38 minutes again tonight and and still be that impactful, um, obviously there was a you know tough foul uh, at the end of the game with Tatum, but I don't think you can let that take away from from what he did um, all night. I mean, when you think about 36 points, 18 rebounds, and eight assists between those guys, between those two, um, you know, really fun to see those two guys play off of each other, and and then with Nikhil as well, man, just. The way that you're able to bounce back from from a you know a tough first three quarters to just play to pretty much pitch a perfect game in that fourth quarter was was awesome and and for Nikhil to play the last uh, 17 minutes of that game was uh, was really commendable at the level that he did um, and so you know obviously you try to suss out from here is like all right how much of this can continue right can slow mo mm-hmm. continue this play when he's playing at the three instead of the four uh, alongside you know. 
Gobert and Towns or something like that. And that's where I think it gets kind of tough and you try to, you know, I guess sussing out what'll what'll be able to stick with them, what'll be able to, you know, just say this was more of just this game. I, I think we don't know yet at this point, obviously, but um, certainly a step in the right direction for both of those guys. Um, and it's now been the you know second, third, fourth game that Nas has really had it rolling offensively, and, and the Wolves will, you know, certainly need that as they kind of get through the the doldrums of January. You know, heading into the, uh, you know, heading into the uh, the All Star break. Yeah, tough loss for sure. One you want back, especially again, we already talked about the way the last three and a half minutes ended. But like you've been harping this entire 25 minutes, still plenty of positives to take away from this one. Um, No question. I know Ant's going to take a lot of heat for getting sloppy again at the end tonight. But And I know we touched on this last night, but the guy did just pass Chauncey Billups, fifth fastest all-time franchise history with his 1,000th assist tonight. And again, I know you kind of already touched on it last night, but in case people missed it, what does that milestone say about his game and about the ceiling for what's yet to come, knowing, you know, just how young he still is? Yeah, I mean, I think it represents a lot of growth uh, that we've seen from Anthony Edwards, um, you know, th- since he's been drafted, really. I mean, when he got drafted, he was not a playmaker at all. All he could do was score. Uh, obviously, you know, was insane athlete, could play some defense on the ball. Um, but has really grown into becoming a playmaker. And I think, you know, when you look at guys ahead of him on that list, um, there's been a lot of young point guards that have played and played early in their careers for the Timberwolves, guys who are playmakers. Um, So for Ant, one, to be available for as many games as he has this early in his career and, you know, the best availability or the best ability is availability. And when you combine that with, you know, an eager willingness to learn and grow as a player and grow into you know, a player that's not just a scorer, but is able to use his scoring to make life easier for others and become a passer. I think it really speaks to how his game has evolved over his first, um, you know, handful of seasons here in the NBA. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just been been really cool to see him, you know, continually, continually um, you know, hit all these milestones and be able to just, I guess, kind of take a step back and, and be reminded of, of how cool it's been to, to watch him grow and um, and how lucky we all are to, to have a have a player so like him, you know, yeah. at the at the center of things here. Um, you know, I, I know that people are going to talk about the trade deadline and the tax crunch beyond the season and all the things that could make the the future of this team somewhat murky, I guess, um, in terms of who's going to be around him and Jaden McDaniels. But um, you know, with him at the center, it's hard not to be hard not to be really excited, and um, and hopefully he can. Uh, you know, reach 2,000 twice as fast as, as he reached 1,000 because I, I, I really think he's he's grown that much as a player. All right, a couple quickies to close before we wrap up. But first, a quick word from FanDuel. Quick reminder, tonight's episode brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more with America's number one sportsbook and official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Right now, new customers you're getting $150 in bonus bets when you place any $5 wager. That's $150 in bonus bets when you throw down just $5 on any bet. You don't even have to win anymore. This promo was made for a guy like me. I know you're going to love it too. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, no better time to get in on all the action, the app. It's so easy to use, and they got everything you need. Money lines, parlays, prop bets, over-unders, you name it, they got it. FanDuel's got everything you need to bet on the entire NBA season, and it's by far the easiest and simplest betting app to use. 
Go check it out for yourself. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Today, America's number one sports book. FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. All right, last one before we get out of here. I, I know they lost, right? I get it. But just how much of a, a statement does that performance make uh, on a national media scale? Because I think, you know, despite how good they've been all year, you could argue the Wolves maybe still not getting the respect that's probably due. Still feels like everyone's just kind of waiting for them to drop back down to earth at any, you know, minute, any moment. And again, they had all the excuses in the world tonight to just lay down 11-point underdogs in the garden. They already won last night. They're on the back-to-back. No one would have been shocked or mad or upset i don't think if they just flushed this one and moved on to the next one where should the level of respect be now after you know this tough gritty performance in the garden and and when will enough be enough to prove this team's for real and and they're here to stay yeah i I think tonight would have been a lot more of a statement if they had won simply because simply because you know the celtics were undefeated at home um they are the best team in the league uh, and then I, I think that it would become more of a talking point of, hey, the Wolves beat the Celtics. Not only did they do it in Boston, break that you know home winning streak record, but they also, but hey, they also did it without Mike Conley and Rudy Gobert. Whereas now it's, oh, well, it was a close game. Cool. Yeah, you know, but I, I close don't, game, overtime, Garden, no Conley, no Rudy. I mean, but I'm just saying, like from a national media perspective, I, I don't I think it. that those people are going to like take take that context into account necessarily but um for for people locally like i i you know like i i'm i'm, I'm not going to name names but there are people out there that like are are just like n- just now tuning in because the viking season is over and being like oh same old wolves let's see if they can hold on and change it and prove they're a different team but it's just like for people that have been watching all season like you you should be able to appreciate how hard this team played in the fourth quarter like even if you you know, haven't watched the Timberwolves at all, all season long. And you kind of listen to the broadcasters say the fact that they're doing this shorthanded with the context and all that, they're saying that all game long. So if you are even remotely paying attention, you can appreciate just how hard fought they played instead of just narrowing and uh, tunnel visioning on, on the result and maybe um, their offense just in overtime. But uh, I, I just think it speaks to how hard this team plays. And when you play that hard every night and you have guys that buy in on the level that they have, play as connected as they do, um, you know, and appreciate and encourage one another the way that they do. Um, you know, you, you just, you gotta, you gotta appreciate it. And, and, and instead of, you know, looking at 26 and 10 and, and complaining about, is this the same old wolves because they, I guess, lost a game that they should have lost down the stretch against a team that has five times as much playoff experience as they do and big games in these moments, especially playing at home. Um, I'm, we're probably just not going to get along very well um, if that's what you're if that's what you're pointing to and looking at uh, and coming on Twitter to to cry and complain about. Um, so it's also just not very great way to like in, ingratiate yourself with uh, sports fans that that watch the Wolves or cheer for the Wolves and want to hear what you know you might say about the Wolves. It probably turns them off pretty quick to to what you might say. So um, I've got nothing but but positive things to take away from this game. You know, moving forward. I'm sure we can nitpick and, and look at some of the things that they didn't do all that well in this game. But um, I, I think in the macro, this game is nothing but a positive and, and shows, um, you know, what this team is capable of and how deep they are. And, um, 
you know, and just how much they really care about winning on every single night. And, and that's something that's pretty rare in the NBA, especially, um, you know, especially for a, for a team like the Timberwolves that, that has plenty of guys who have been paid and, and, you know, could just kind of be resigned to the fact that, you know, they've made a ton of money and the results are going to be the results and, and they're going to enjoy the fruits of their labor. But all these guys are really competitive, love each other, really enjoy spending time with one another, being around each other and playing with each other. And, and I think that's really commendable and, um, and something that's been a joy to watch. And, and tonight was, you know, one of, I guess, 37 nights or 36 nights that, that we've all really enjoyed watching this Timberwolves yeah. team for the most part. So, yeah. Yep. Nope. Well said, well done tonight. As always, great stuff. These can be a roller coaster night tonight. You never know what you're going to get, but at least we've got an elite NBA mind like yourself to help us break it all down. So I appreciate that. Wolves lose a tough one in OT tonight versus Celtics, 127-120. But like Jax mentioned all episode, plenty of positives to take from this one with no Rudy Gobert and no Mike Conley. Finally back at home versus the Blazers this Friday. Tip-off, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. And as always, Huge shout out to everyone that joined us in the postcast tonight. Rest assured, we'll be back each and every game, same time, same place, right here to break it all down. Make sure to check out all of Jack's work as well on Twitter, at JRBorman13. And quick reminder, you can always check out Jack on the Minnesota basketball party with our guys Sam Ekstrom, Ron Johnson, Reggie Wilson from Care 11 every Wednesday afternoon as well. Oh, one more reminder. If you haven't already, go check out Ben Beacon over on the Locked on Wolves podcast as well. That'll do it for us tonight. He's Jack Borman. I'm Luke Inman on Twitter, at Luke underscore Spinman. Until next time, signing out. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.